Hello and welcome to Clever Women Co, a podcast for women to join the conversation about business, career and entrepreneurship. I'm Em Kaplan and I'm joined by my business bestie and co-host, Gal Cron. Hello, Gal. Hi. Today we share with you another Clever Conversations episode where we pass the mic over to someone else who will tell us their career journey or how they do business. On today's show, we're chatting to Priya McPherson, a handbag designer and business owner of Sage Avenue, operating right here in Melbourne. With her limited release bag drops, Priya creates uninterrupted hype for the bag of each season, albeit sustainably. To Priya, Sage Avenue is more than just a brand with a product. Priya uses Sage as a vehicle through which to harness a tribe of like-minded individuals. So join us as we unpack Priya's journey to starting her own fashion business, how she intends to unite people through her brand's mission, and her best tips to see through the fog and shop sustainably in today's climate. Priya, welcome to the pod. Thank you for having me. That was a beautiful introduction. (laughs) I love that. I'm super excited to be here. We're so so excited to chat to you today. (laughs) Me too. So Priya, to begin with, something that we ask kind of all of our guests is we'd love to know what it is you are reading, listening to and or watching right now. Yeah, so I at the moment, I've got two things that I'm loving. Um, In terms of reading, I got given this book called Love Stories for my birthday this year and it's by Trent Dalton or Dalton and he basically got given like a typewriter and he sat on the corner of a curb in Brisbane and sat down for like six months or so or so forth and wrote down people's love stories about their lives and wow. what happened in them. So whether it's like a mum and a son or a best friend or a partner and each chapter is a different love story and you hear about someone else's journey in life. So reading that, loving that. Um, and I'm actually watching at the moment, I'm re-watching Revenge. Oh, did you guys ever watch Revenge? I did. I used to love that show. That's such a throwback. Ages ago. Yes. Yeah. So I've been watching that and obsessed with it. It's really fun. What made you go back to watching it? I actually watched it ages ago when I was in year nine or something. And I was on Disney Plus and I saw it and I was like, oh my God, Revenge used to be the shit back in the day. I used to love it. Seriously. And my boyfriend and I needed a new show to watch. So we started watching that and loved it. Yeah. Love that. It's really good. So Priya, obviously we mentioned that you are a fashion designer based here in Melbourne and we wanted to ask you what was your entry point into fashion and has it always been something you've been interested in? Yeah, so I've always loved fashion since I was a kid. Um, My mum has this most like glamorous wardrobe in our house and it's all these like vintage pieces that I've always loved. But I think, you know, during high school, I, I loved it, but I didn't actually discover my passion for it until probably like year 11, year 12 at the end of high school. And when you start to go to uni, you then like wear different clothes. I I went to a school where you'd have to wear the same uniform all the time. And Mm -hmm. the weekend would be just when you'd wear, I guess, a different outfit. So I've loved it from the very beginning, but I really discovered it, I'd say just out of high school. I figured out my style, what I loved. I would look in the mirror and be like, okay, well, what do I love about my outfit? Like what, what in this whole look makes me feel good? And I guess that's, where I eventually got to starting Sage. But yeah, to give you an overall background, the entry into fashion was always there, but the full discovery of Mm. my view on it was really, yeah, when high school finished. Yeah, I feel like that's um, pretty, like it's something inadvertent is we don't even realize that like how much of an influence our parents have on us in our formative years. So like the fact that you were saying that your mum had a incredible vintage wardrobe, like you probably inadvertently were like, 
I don't know, got some kind of influence from that. And it was cool that that progressed through to later. Totally, yeah. something it was, it was something that you loved. Yeah, yeah. Even, like, when my mum would go out for dinners with dad or whatever, she'd be like, Priya, do you like my outfit? And I'd be like, oh, maybe we can change this. Or maybe wear this. Oh, no, I love it today. Like, Ooh, it in, really cool. And in-house so, stylist. Yeah. So we would have this, like, back and forth with each other. And, you know, especially when you finish high school, you get to your confidence and independence. And, like, your fashion shows that. And it's mm. a reflection of that. So the more I grew confident, the more that I started to understand my creativity and fashion yeah um, question yeah. did she ever let you borrow any of these pieces she does now when I was Not younger then. no she, so the irresponsible she teenager yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if I was going somewhere I'd be like oh can I borrow this for a nice event was it like a did you have to put up a fight to borrow it if she just like yeah that's fine she'd be like oh, oh and I'd be like better take it. so she's like okay fine Cute. yeah she's super like my mum's my rock so she'd always be there to help me and yeah give me everything yeah so following from that you then go into fashion retail so you worked both at Scanlon Theodore and Beckenbridge yeah tell me a little bit about kind of how you got into like actually applying for a job in fashion yeah so it's actually a very funny story because straight out of high school I applied to Scanlon and Theodore and it is such an intimidating situation Mm. for an 18 year old who's just coming out has no retail experience it was a group interview so you all go and it's like all questions and everyone has to stand up and sell a product in front of everyone and I'm like I have no idea what I'm doing or what I'm trying to push and I walked out of that situation thinking there is no way in hell I'm getting this job no way and I just actually kept persistent at it and I kept emailing the general manager and I was like hey like just wondering how I went or if you could give me any feedback and she was like I didn't reply and then I'd send another follow-up and then she replied and was like we'd love to have you for a second interview and I think for me I'm such a talker and I'm so like I want to hear about everyone's day I want to hear what you need help with what can I help with and so that came out naturally and I guess that's how I got my entry into the retail world so I worked at Scanlon and then I moved to work at Beckenbridge helped open up some of their stores here in Melbourne when they first came. Really? That's cool. Yeah, it was really cool. And the amount of people that walked in that door was incredible. The amount of people I met, it was insane. Like I remember meeting people from L'Oreal and then they would tell me about their experience. So I would sit with them while they were trying on an outfit. And it's like you're hearing someone else's life journey and you feel like you're involved in the whole process. And so retail for me wasn't more, wasn't just like selling a product Mm. and selling for the brand. It was more like my own development and experience and experience for myself. Yeah. Yeah. Gathering data for yourself. I was also going to say, like, do you feel like you were kind of helping people with, with their outfits? I mean, I'm sure I know that's kind of what you do in retail, but like, do you feel like that was something, a part of the job that you really loved? hundred percent. I would love to hear like, so I'll start from the start at Scanlon. They taught me so well in the sense of like, what color hair goes with what? Mm, what what wow. outfits or what eye color goes with what? Something very detailed. Think about. No, yeah, and like the the whole technical side of styling someone, I got learned that. But then when I went to Beckenbridge, I then was able to sit with someone and be like, okay, well, where are you going? What do you feel mm. most comfortable in? And people would then be like, oh, I don't like to wear pants. And then we'd ho- style a whole outfit around wearing a long midi. Can you help me? (laughs) I know. (laughs) But it's good because then you chat about it and then they tell you more and you feel like you're actually helping them buy something and they're putting their money's worth into something that's a bit more valuable. Absolutely. And they feel more confident in and that's where I, again, start the stage. So I'm sure we'll get there. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) 
So you work in fashion retail and you're loving it and all your kind of, you know, discovery of fashion is starting. So how do you go from there to having the idea for Sage Avenue, your fashion business, and why bags? Where did the idea for bags come from specifically as the fashion accessory that you wanted to launch the business with? Yeah, it's a very good question. That's a question I love to answer because there's a bit of a story about why I started Sage. And essentially I was working at a marketing agency and I just always had this like in me where I was like, I know I can do more. I want to do something for myself. And I wanted to just explore what I could do. And in that moment, my really, my best friend, she told me this story about how she went out with her boyfriend and it was really last minute and he asked her to go out, like get changed in five minutes kind of thing. She put an outfit together and she was so stressed. She was like, I don't feel confident in my outfit. Like I don't mm. like what I put together, but I had to go quickly. And she got there and she walked in and she was like, I just don't feel confident walking into this room. Like I don't feel secu- like secure and I don't feel as though my light is like shining from within. And I was like, I 100% understand what you mean. Mm. And then I started to realize like when you get ready for the day, you put a whole outfit together. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. It can be something so simple, but you look in the mirror and you feel good. Like you look in the mirror and you're like, damn, I look good. I feel good from within. And this is like, no one's getting in my way kind of thing. It's this confidence that ignites you from within. And it's only something that you can do for yourself, right? And so I would then sit back and be like, well, what in my whole outfit makes me feel like that? And it would always be the bag. It would always mm. be the handbag that added added to the look or helped finish and complete the look and polish it in a sense. And then I would, I would find myself walking my way to my mom's wardrobe and picking up a beautiful vintage colored bag and I'd wear a black outfit, pop the bag on, I'd look in the mirror, I'd be like, oh my God, I look good, I feel good. And I'm like confident from within. And it's this spark that really ignited from me. And it's why I started to do the bags is because I knew that that's what helped made me feel good. Yeah. And I knew that it would help other people feel good. And how can I help push that yeah, as well? Great story. Yeah. But also like, I feel like that's a common thing in business. Like you're feeling a pain point. So mm-hmm. like, okay, the outfit's great, but something's missing. And yes. for you, I guess that was bags. And on from that, I wanted to ask you, cause you have every single drop has such a different style. Yeah. Uh, where do the designs come from? What's the, the process What's to the process? Yeah. creating a bag design? I don't know. Well, I don't actually come from design by trade. So it all is really inherent for me. And like how I feel is what comes out naturally, right? I love to go by the seasons and think about, okay, well, winter's coming up or autumn, spring and what kind of colors and what, what bags do I love to wear? So I would look at it in that way, but I have to be so transparent and say all my inspiration comes from vintage handbags, a lot of it. And it all was because my mom would have Mm. this incredible collection that I would look up to, or I would reach to, to add to my outfit. And so a lot of it would be vintage and a lot of it, a lot of it would be, yeah, inspiration photos from people that I see on Pinterest and all of that. She's such a hero in your story, your mom. Yeah, she, my mom is... Like, that is the fashion inspiration. Like, yeah. she created that for you, which is totally. awesome. My mom it also is more a business inspiration for me, too. So, my mom owns, like, three 
and more businesses. Wow. She is an entrepreneur for herself and like is the biggest inspiration. A boss for me. lady. She definitely woman. is. Yeah. She's such a boss lady and yeah, she's my best friend. Yeah. So. That's awesome. I'm loving your story so far. Yeah. And I did briefly mention before, I just thought I'd touch on it because you do limited bag, bag drops, which is something that I think is really quite unique about your business. And I did want to know how did you come up with the idea to do limited bag drops and is this kind of business model working for you? It's a good question. And I've actually been looking into my business model a lot in the past three to four months and what is sustainable for growth. The reason why I looked into doing limited and why I love doing limited is because it all started from my appreciation for one-off pieces, for pieces that were limited and that people didn't actually like, I'm not going to see the same person wearing the bag that I have. Right. And you feel Mm. this, this, it adds to your confidence. It's like, it's a pop. And everyone compliments you because it's like, this is cool. You. Yeah, it's unique to you. So that's, I guess, where the limited idea came from. I also look at it in terms of sustainability. Mm. I'm very conscious of not over-consuming mm. and mass. And I'm trying to, like, I guess, meet my customer base in a way and follow along with them. I don't want to mass produce. I don't want to over-consume. So that is plus the whole appreciation for vintage is why I started doing limited pieces. I also love that you said like it means that not everyone is wearing the same bag because yeah. I feel like a bag comes out, we all see it either on TikTok or whatever and then everyone has the same bag and mm. it's so like it's less special. Yeah. 100%. You walk into a room and it's like she has that bag and he has that bag and it's like I want to feel unique when yes. I'm buying a piece that's so special like that. 100%, 100%. And you don't want to be deterred by how someone styled their bag as well. Like if someone styled it in a different way yeah. and, they, and you might think oh maybe they look cooler in it that's or maybe I point. can't wear it as well as they yeah, can. Yeah, I can't pull that off. 100%. Or... It's, this is all about bringing that confidence for you and for me what helped bring that was these one-off unique pieces mm. and so I try and push that through my business model sure with the limited pieces but in terms of of that and the way that I'm looking at things at the moment I'm now starting to bring out more staple pieces as well which are of a larger quantity and aren't as like unique in a sense because that is just sustainable for business growth yeah yes. to have a back-end income that comes through yeah and I've only learned that in the past three months like I started doing Sage and, and now I you're sharing these... it on a podcast. I know, <laughs> but I would do these limited pieces and then I'd have like, they did so well and I was so happy with them, but then I'd have to wait another whole month until I got some income back in. And it was like this up and down cycle mm, and roller yeah. coaster where it's like, this isn't sustainable for me because yeah. then you play a game at a risk of what if mm. the next job doesn't work or what if the next job you're relying on the next thing. Yeah. Which adds pressure as a yeah. business owner. hundred percent. As like a sole business owner yes. as well. I do everything by myself and I am so blessed to have beautiful people around me that give me support and advice, but I don't have like a sounding backboard for someone yeah. to be like, in a moment, okay, well, this shop's going to be fine. You're obviously going to have doubts sometimes where are people going to love the product as much as I do? But yeah. So are you, I hope it's okay for me to ask, are you in reinvesting most of your profits back into the business? Yeah, everything. Yeah. I don't take any yeah. profit from Sage and yeah. it all goes back in. I, I believe that that is the way it should be. Mm. Like you, there's crazy statistics for how many small businesses fail in the first yeah. year yeah. and all of that. And you have to try and not be greedy with money. Yeah. And I feel like, you're not greedy with money when you do this as a passion. It's it comes from within and it's something that you that you truly believe in and you want to make it grow and you want it to be seen by so many people. There's a message here and there's a reason for it. Mm. I want you to know it. So I'm very mm. careful with where I put the money and I never take anything out for the moment. Yeah. And I don't yeah. think I will for another few years. Yeah. yeah. 
it's just all about reinvesting. Yeah, and obviously that, I guess that adds to your plan for growth. Yeah. I love it because there's an analogy with this where, you know, you have a business and people call it like, oh, my business is my baby. And then within a year, would you expect a human baby to be walking and talking? No, it takes a few years. You have to keep developing and helping it grow or it just will stall. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's also that trade-off between like risk versus reward, right? Because you're obviously wanting to make your business grow and like with a business model like yours, which is, I guess, sustainable, it's like an even harder um, kind of balancing act. Totally. I think in saying that in terms of risk and reward, I have learned recently that my reward doesn't come from money. Mm. My reward comes from people messaging me, like we spoke about earlier, with a photo of someone else at a bar with a bag or telling me a story about how they went up to someone and they were like, oh my God, I wanted this bag. You look amazing in it. That is my reward. The customers are my reward. And I think that that comes down to my personality and who I am. Yeah. And Am that's I? also your connection with them. Totally. Mm-hmm. 100%. Because once the purchase happens, you might not hear from them. Yes. You know? Yes. And and Instagram DMs and mm. emails. And we're getting so many people from international, like overseas. Wow. And it's incredible. And I'm like, oh my God, I've always wanted to live in Denmark. Or I've always wanted to be in Barcelona. And the, and you make that conversation. And, and that is my reward at it, the end of the day. Isn't that crazy how much social media has given businesses like yours that reach like if there wasn't something like tiktok around there wouldn't be someone from denmark messaging you about your bag totally totally it is social media is an incredible Mm. incredible avenue for my business and it is where i can push all of the products all the marketing push my story at the same time and yeah get that international growth and people are going to catch on if they want to hear your story that is do you have a favorite message from a customer or a favorite um, experience they've had? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, I have one. Yeah, tell me. <laughs> good. I'm glad. They're, yeah, they all come it. in and I love them, but yeah, you, I would love to hear your story. Yeah, well, I have one of the beautiful Sage Avenue moon bags in the sage color. I yeah. love it. And I've worn it out quite a few times and I was actually at Dr. Morse in Melbourne a couple of months ago and there was a girl there with the exact same bag in yeah. the exact same color oh, and we had like a half an hour conversation because of your bag. And totally. I, from what I've read, that is part of your messaging to kind of unite people through your products. So oh, yeah, that makes me so happy hearing that story and that is exactly why I started this brand. I want it to be way more than just handbags. I want it to be a platform where you can connect everyone and you feel as though you're part of a family family is a huge value to who i am and i've been brought up and very blessed to have been brought up in a big family Mm. but we're all very close but i knew that that was my foundation and that's what helped me become the woman i am today and keeps me connected in the world and i know that there are people out there who sometimes might not have as much like might not have the same family dynamic as i do Mm. or different different views on things but I know what's super important is that connection yes. and that's those stories make me so happy mm. because that is that is what I want to push here at Sage yeah so you've mentioned that you use all the profits and revenue to reinvest back into Sage back into your business but there is day one right where you don't have any sales yet so how did you kind of have that first round of like okay this is the money I'm putting into it 100% so Funding for Sage, I didn't get given like a lump sum of funding and I don't have that background, I guess. So what I what I did is I I used my savings, but these weren't savings that I'd actually saved for myself. So super blessed to have my mum who ever since I think I was three or eight, probably when I was like 
seven or eight yeah. even she would save like ten dollars a week for me or five dollars a week and put it into a bank account that i couldn't touch till i was 18 wow. and i used every single bit of that money to start sage every single bit of it so it was my savings that my mom had saved up for me as a kid and i took this risk on sage and i was like i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna use this money because i have a vision and i have mm. I have an idea here and I want to run with it. Mm. In saying that, it was also, I was 21 when I started Sage and I just had my 21st birthday. <laughs> so for my birthday presents, everyone was like, what do you want? What presents do you want? And I didn't ask for one present. I just gave people my Sage bank account details and I was like, transfer me as much money as you'd like for my business. <laughs> that's genius. It's like yeah. a go, go fund me. Yeah, literally it was. So but that's so like future, like forward thinking. Yeah, right? like such a startup story of like, I guess like using your life savings to start something, your your baby. Yeah, it was. So yeah, I was so blessed to have my mom who had like worked her whole life to save some money for me for life. Mm. I used it on Sage, but then I also had my 21st birthday who so many people like, obviously they want to give you presents and everything. So yeah, all my birthday presents was for Sage. Such good timing because it's like a milestone to So just to backtrack for a second, um, in terms of what we were saying before about social media and promoting yourself, uh, we understand it is hard to promote a brand without running out of marketing dollars and you're, you know, you're reinvesting all of your profits back into the business or even just running out of organic ideas to get those sales conversions. So what has been the most effective method that you have used to promote your brand and make sales? Good question. I am a big believer in TikTok. TikTok Mm. has been the biggest, biggest push for my brand to date like to date. And the best investment I've ever put into the business was having a meeting with this lady, Caitlin Emiko. I don't know if you've seen her. Oh, I, we love her. Yeah, she, I, I, that was like the best investment I've ever put into TikTok. I had a meeting with her and it was a TikTok strategy meeting. And oh my God, like her viewpoint on TikTok has really helped me change my viewpoint. And so I pushed the story on Sage a lot more. I tried to storytell a lot. And in doing that, that has been the most organic growth for my business. People love a small business story. People love it. Love it. People yeah. love hearing the journey. So many people in Melbourne right now want to start their own thing as well. And to have someone else who's open about hearing that story is, is great. They follow along. And so in saying that, I would circle back to say definitely TikTok. Organically, I don't do paid paid ads on TikTok. Wow. I rarely do paid ads on Instagram. I only do it once when I have a drop. Mm. Um, all of it is organic. So can you give our listeners a, <laughs> a tip? Any yeah. tip from your, yeah, from your strategy course. session with Well, Caitlin. you said storytelling. Yes. Yeah. And that would be my main tip. And this is a shout out to Caitlin who actually passed this tip on to me. She always says, take a second to watch the TikTok videos that you're watching. What do you like from it? What is the value mm. that you're getting? Why are you sitting here? And why is your thumb stopped from scrolling? Like what is catching you from this video? And in saying that, she also couples it with this idea of storytelling, right? Mm. So try and storytell, but make it engaging from what you like to watch as well. So what I love to do, and this is a tip for everyone, is I love to be like, I started my business at 21. This is how I did it. Mm. This is how I named my brand Sage. This is how, and this mm. is why. We love like a the good why hook. and the hows. Yeah. Yes. And the hooks are great. But my tip would be is to look at what you're watching. What is stopping your thumb from scrolling? And what value are you getting from this? What's keeping you engaged? Love that. And how can you do that with the idea of storytelling in the back of your mm. mind? Please tell us the meaning of Sage Avenue and how you came up with the name. Okay, this is a funny story. 
Sage basically started because I've always had this girl's name on my notes. I've always had like a baby's like baby's baby name, name basically. Yeah. Mm. And I've had a girl's and a boy's name and then I've even also had dog names. Like I, I'm just, I've I've got that <laughs> as well. You know what I mean? I yeah. just have a names list for some yeah. reason. So Sage has always been a number one girl's name that I've loved. And every time I meet someone with that name, I'm like, I just love the name. So when I thought about starting this business, the first name that did come to mind was Sage. But when I actually looked into the meaning of Sage and what it actually does, I cannot tell you I related to something so much more. A sage in the ancient mythology is actually someone who's wise and is a prophet. So they come with a wealth of knowledge and they're quite enlightened in themselves. But also in saying that sage is a herb and people typically light sage bundles, leaves, Mm. and they free the room or a place of negative energy and it leaves space for positive. So here at Sage and what I'm trying to build is a business that... And, and a brand where it is positive and it is enlightened and you feel welcomed and it is safe. And so when I loved the name, but then I actually learned the meaning of the name, I was like, I couldn't think of anything better to help encourage this positive and enlightened space. Mm. And, and I love, I love it just being Sage yeah. because I think of Sage as a baby and I look at it in that way. Yeah. I, whenever I say like, thank you for supporting us, I'm saying thank you for me and Sage. Yeah. I'm not saying for me. Like, I think of Sage as a, as a person. Yeah, I was going to say, your brand kind of is your child. Yeah, yeah, it totally is. And so... It's your baby. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 it is. And whenever I say, like, yeah, thank you for supporting us, or this means the world to us, I come at it from a point of view as Sage, but also me. And it's really good to then detach from what's happening at Sage as well. That is not who I am. Mm. That is a baby, and it's a business, and it is not a reflection of who I am. Because at the very beginning... A lot of things that fell on me to be like, oh my God, that's a reflection of who I am. I could have done it better. I failed or I've done this. And and no, I needed to really take that step away and be like, it is a business and businesses are going to go through troughs and peaks, but that's not a reflection of who I am at the end of the day. Priya, what has challenged you the most with Sage or running a business? Yeah, good question. I think I look at challenges in two ways. In terms of business challenges, I would say that supply chain has been a big challenge for me i as i said at the very beginning i don't come from design as trade i don't work in product development so for me i kind of had to look overseas for where i could buy my bags and i kind of threw things at the wall to see what would stick and you'd get products back where you'd be like oh the sample is nowhere near the quality that i want and then you get out the sample it's like oh this is great but there's so many challenges when you're working overseas in terms of language barrier in terms of understanding Mm. the the quality that you want i don't make tech packs naturally and so china sorry can you just explain what tech packs are yeah of course so tech pack is basically and it's usually used in clothing but you make like you design something and you send a tech pack to your supplier and a tech pack is basically a package in which it explains everything about what you want, right? where the zip pocket is, what the quality is, what are the measurements, how big do you want the neckline to be? Mm. Like, do you want the ribbing to be this length? It's everything about the product, right? It's giving the supplier basically an understanding of where to put everything and how to make it. Uh, But yeah, so the tech pack and the whole process of supply chain proved to be difficult for me at the very beginning. Um, in saying that though however I'm very blessed because I am of Thai heritage and I am a Thai citizen so I then started to realize well I can actually go to Thailand like I've got family there I've got a house there my grandma lives there and I can try find supply there I speak a bit Mm. of the language and I understand that so why not explore this side of the world that is also a homage to my 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 own family Yeah. yeah and I actually would go to Thailand at least three to four times a year as a kid every year non-negotiable and in COVID was the first time that I didn't go 
mm-hmm. for that for that much period, I guess. How many months into like dealing with supply chain did you decide to do that? Mm. Like to go to Thailand? Yeah, and... I think it would be about six months in, mm. seven months in. My mum would always say like, "Why are we not looking yet?" And I'm like, "Oh, I, I don't have time. I can't do it." Or I, and then I would, I was like, "No, actually, I need to do this. I need to go and." explore this and if something comes from it it does and that's incredible if it doesn't that's okay I've tried and so what I actually did and this is a beautiful story I love to tell it is I went to Thailand with my grandma and my boyfriend and we actually walked the streets of Thailand and that's how I found my main supplier who is from Thailand I actually walked the hot markets and the leather lanes and that's how I found him and he also owns his own family-run business and I go and sit with him and we actually create the tech packs together. Oh, wow. So my grandma sits with me because I don't speak fluent Thai. So she's like almost my translator in a How sense. How special. And it's a, it's a really beautiful experience. It's a beautiful story. For all of us to have. And so I would sit with him and he'd have all of his materials out and I'd have photos and I'd have drawings and we'd point at like the, the materials we wanted or we'd get the measuring tape out and we'd create that tech pack together. And so it would be a journey in itself mm. where I'm... I'm meeting someone else who also has their own business, but also in this country that is spe- like has such a special place in my heart. And you really? said family yeah. and communication was, is so important to you. I was you. just about to say yeah. it aligns to the values of your brand. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and and even more special to have have my grandma there with me. Totally, and she and inco- one, include her in the process. Hundred percent, include her in the process, and then my mum naturally is then included, and it's this whole family ordeal, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, and it is so special, and it's such a core memory for me. Mm. As to how I yeah got there. And it's just like in terms of what you were saying before about you didn't know how to create a tech pack, but it's I think that's something also really common with entrepreneurs is you learn as you go and a lot yeah. of people are scared to take the plunge to start their own business. But I feel like people don't realize that you don't need to know how to do everything. Totally. And part of the fun of starting your own business is learning as you go and like, I guess, growing with the business. 100%. And I am the biggest believer in this. So I actually currently am studying a double degree of commerce and law. Oh my God, you're so busy. I know, yes. (laughs) At uni. And everyone assumes that I come from a design background. Everyone mm. is like, you must have been creative. You must have just pretend, fake it till you make it. Hundred <laughs> percent. But it's also like, you don't need to come from this. Yes. If you have an idea and you have a passion and you truly believe in something, you will get there. Mm. Don't let the fact that you haven't come from that traditionally to be a barrier or a force against you to stop you from doing it. Back yourself in, and I always take this moment and an example to tell everyone: trust your gut, trust your instincts. If it doesn't work out, that is okay. You're going to learn something from this experience and it is eventually going to make you a better business person. So why not do it? Don't let those fears or those worries consume you. Mm. Be best friends with them. People wait for the perfect moment and Mm. that never comes. It never comes. And I'll use that as an example because... For a very long time at the beginning, I was like, I want to be successful. I want to do this. I want to do that. But your idea of success, if you get there, it's going to change to the next thing. It's going to change Mm -hmm. to the next thing and and so on and so forth. You're never fully going to get there and it's never going to hit and it's never going to be like you're happy and content. You're always going to be reaching for the next thing. You're never going to close the book and be like done. Totally. 100%. We spoke to another guest about that. Like you're kind of always going, like you get to the top of the mountain and then there's another mountain to climb. What what did she say? She said the top of every mountain is the bottom of the next. Yeah. And we loved it. I love that. That is incredible. I I love that. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to pull that on. That's really cool. Yeah. (laughs) 
but and I'm a big believer in that 100% Sage has been running for about 10 months you started kind of researching and developing how many months before that I am the person that like if I have an idea I'm going with it now yes take it and run that's who I am and it's just a personality that I've always had so when I realized I wanted to do something of my own and then I you, realized you went with it. what I realized it was sage and what I wanted to create the purpose, the why yeah. I ran with it. So in, I guess in a month, of... in an, in the next week I started, I wow. was like, I was like, I'm, mm. I'm putting, I'm making an Instagram account. I'm making yeah. a mood board. I'm going to start to reach out to suppliers. I'm going to start to draw. It was like an all or nothing. And that's who I am innately as a person. Yeah. So I didn't have this like whole two year period where yeah. I was brainstorming and getting samples and perfecting the product. It was a learn on the go situation maybe that's better because you you kind of don't know what you're falling into sometimes people say like just start yes and and i always say that just do it like what if it fails it doesn't it doesn't matter exactly right you are going to learn from this experience and it is going to make you a better person no matter which way it goes i guess you kind of answered the question which is what's something you wish you'd known when first starting your business and yeah that's like awesome advice because it's like just start you yeah. learn along the way. Obviously, you need the initial resources to kind of get it going. Totally. You just do it. You have nothing to lose. And I say this to everyone because you get so consumed by fears, by self-doubt, by worry. Mm. And it's like you can either let them consume you or you can be best friends with them. You can accept it and use it to your own power and and, and be best friends with it. And mm. I'm a big believer in that. Yeah. So we did briefly touch on in the past couple of questions, obviously, values is clearly something that's super important to you so are there any other values that are important to you when you think about the kind of business you want to build and obviously moving forward with your business yeah for sure I think I want to start by answering this and saying values and understanding them if you're starting a business is so important it is important when you're making decisions to fall back on your values and to understand what are my personal values or what are your personal values and how will they help you create this brand it's it helps you with consistency and it's really important so for me in terms of sage and the values that i have a big one is family and it is why i am a big believer in connecting people through sage like you'll say i did that picnic with strangers Mm. and i'm doing a dinner with friends soon and it's all about bringing people together that family and that connection they're two really big values to me and it's basically what i was brought up on it's what i'm founded upon and i'm a big believer in it another one would be love And it sounds cliche, but you can look at love in so many different ways. Mm. It's like a love for yourself, a love for others, a love for family or a love for a product. Love is broad. Mm -hmm. And I do everything with love. Every night I write love always or made with love. And I try and do everything with that in mind. Mm. And And the book you got was also like the love love stories. stories. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, love, family, connection, inclusion is really important too. Making sure that people feel included, that Mm. it's not an intimidating space. It's safe. It's welcoming. And you feel as though you can go up to someone else if you see them with a bag and being like, oh my God, you look so cool. What, like where are your shoes from? Or when did you get your bag? And, and all of that. So that they would be the main values at Sage. Yeah. In terms of what you mentioned um, about those picnics, so we have noticed that you do set up a number of catch-ups for people to join in Melbourne. Um, You also really encourage people to come alone through providing a really safe space. Talk us through how this idea first came about. How are these events going and do you have any future plans for them? Yeah, for sure. So I guess going back to where I was speaking just before, it started from my family, that value of family and connection. 
I am known in my friend group as like, if I'm not replying or if I'm busy, I'm at a family dinner <laughs> or I'm with my family I love that. or I'm at Sunday night family dinner. And that is my favorite time because you feel, you feel like no matter what happens in this world, you've got someone who's backing you. Like you've got, you've got your mom or your, or your dad or your sister or that kind of connection. And it's a basic need of every human in life. I also look at it at as a point of like social media. It's a way to engage, but it can be very hard to also step away from it so you might comment on someone's photo and go back and forth and be like oh you look really good or i love this but how do you then take it to the next step Mm. how do you go get a coffee how do you take it out of just a phone yeah phone connection the like from the digital reality to reality 100 percent. so with all of that in mind i knew i wanted to do that and I knew I wanted to create bags and how could I merge the two? It's very uncommon mm-hmm. to merge the two. And at the very beginning, I would have the doubt of being like, well, this isn't the right way to run a business. Yeah. This isn't the right way to do it. But no, it's my way to do it. Like, mm. This is how I this is how I want to run it. And so I'm going to do it this way. And so I started doing the picnics and it was a picnic with strangers where I invited everyone just to come along, make new friends, meet new people, mm. come by yourself. It doesn't matter. I like no matter if you don't know one person, you know me. Like, mm. I will always chat to you and I will always be there. And so I did that and that was beautiful. I had like 35 to 40 people came, everyone met from all different walks of life. And you don't have to go and be best friends with them. I'm not saying that you need to go and catch up with everyone, but I'm just saying like, it's nice to have that outside of high school connection. Sometimes you can get caught in that high school bubble where it's like your friends from school, your friends from work and making new friends, especially with COVID and everything. Mm -hmm. So the picnic started with the value of family and connection. And I always look back on that when I do those things and I've got dinner with friends coming up soon, which is like some pizza, some drinks. If you, if you feel, if you oh, feel comfortable. Yeah. yeah. And you just get to meet, you get to meet new people. I've got, I've got some exciting ideas, but I have to keep them to myself Ooh, for the future. Stay tuned. Enough. Yeah, definitely a stay tuned moment. But yeah, it all, it all derives from the value of family and connection. Mm. To take the conversation more in the direction of sustainability, I know that's a big value of yours. And I feel like a lot of us, when we think of fashion these days, we think, all right, but are they sustainable? Like fashion and sustainability are words that kind of get interchanged a lot. And we can also all agree that customers today are extremely savvy. They know what they want from the products they're willing to spend their money on. They also know that brands can get extremely kind of wishy-washy when it comes to sustainability in order to make that sale. And it can get confusing Mm. when you're a customer to know if you're shopping sustainably. So what is one tip you have for shopping for fashion specifically more sustainably? One tip I would have for shopping sustainably, and this is a tip I use for myself, is stick to your basics. Stick to your basics. Try not to overconsume. Because I think that, that that really helps the environment so much. Think like, buy your staple black pants, buy your staple black blazer, and then you can afford to buy like that handbag. Mm. Or you can afford to buy that those pair of shoes that add that pop. And so my view on sustainability and the way that I push it with Sage is to not mass pr- produce and not overconsume. And I And I'm a big believer in that for my own shopping and fashion. I would love to see your capsule wardrobe. Yeah, yeah, it is good. But it's like, think about it as your staples. Like, it's your black pants, your black blazer, your white shirt, your... And then you add that pop of colour with an accessory, which is why I'm such a big believer in handbags and accessories. And so my tip would be is to try and shop with the idea of staples in the back of your mind Mm. and your staple collection or your wardrobe. And then you can then buy those pop of colours and add that that 
add that accessory touch to it. So then going on from that, what is your favorite brand to follow or watch right now? Who is doing business right? Yes, I love this question. And I think I'm going to be a bit biased here with my answer because Go for it. it is my boyfriend's brand. <laughs> but I would say push Drum pull. roll, please. Yeah. yeah the, um, so my boyfriend, Vincent, owns push pull and runs it alongside George and Edo. And they really, they've been able to harness a community in that safe, welcoming, warm environment mm. where you feel like you are buying more than just the product. So what, just for our audience, what is Push Pull? Like what, what, what do they sell and like what is the brand? So they're, a, uh, they're an apparel brand. They sell clothing and it's based off streetwear. Mm-hmm. So originally it was like shirts and hoodies and now it's going into like jeans every day, like workwear jackets and all of that. But the way that they've been able to harness their community and their audience to make everyone feel as though you are not less than the next person who's Mm. buying this bag. You are all on the same wavelength and we will treat you the exact same as we would treat someone else. I think that the three of them and especially Vincent, like I'm so, so blessed to have these people in my life because I can bounce off them Mm. and look at them as inspiration. But I think they are a brand worth watching Mm. and one that I have true admiration for, all three of them. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it would be nice for you having a partner that is also in fashion and also runs his own business like you're a a sole business owner so do you guys bounce off each other like do you even when you have a milestone or something exciting 100 percent, yeah it it is so beautiful to be able to share those milestones together Mm. and have those moments in terms of bouncing off each other we do so very much um, we just went to Europe recently over December to Italy mainly. And we would see things and we would chat about it and how, how, do, how could we bring this back to Melbourne or what's creative about this and, and trying to understand each piece for what it is in our own viewpoints, but also discuss it together. It's, it's something really beautiful and blessed that I am grateful to have in my life, to have that relationship with Vincent, but also to then have push pull and, and see them grow and take their own, Mm. pathway in life and how they keep taking that next step Mm. so they are a brand i would follow but i also want to mention someone that i would listen to at the moment or who i've been seeing a lot in the podcast space apart from you guys as well is erin deering oh i haven't heard of i think she's writing a book at the moment and she's the co-founder of triangle Mm. she's really cool she's really really cool for people who are starting small businesses and want more of an idea i would I would push them to Great to follow her on Instagram. I think I feel like I know a little bit about her story. She like started with her, her and her partner were really not enjoying their jobs or where yes. they were in life, and they took all their savings and they just started Triangle. Yeah. They moved to Hong Kong. Yeah, they moved wow. to Hong Kong. They started it, and she does these like every Sunday. She does a Q and A, and it's for business owners to ask questions. Is that on? Instagram, Instagram. Yeah. yeah, on her Instagram stories. And so in terms of watching, I would definitely lead anyone mm. there. Love that recommendation. every Sunday she does the most amazing answers to the questions. So just backtracking real quick. So obviously you're a sole business owner. You're sharing, I guess, little wins with your boyfriend who also owns a business. Is there, I guess, a win that you'd like to share with our audience that's happened recently? Because obviously it can be hard when you own a business by yourself. You don't really have as many people to share those wins with yeah for sure I think one thing I've learned when doing sage is not having someone next to me is hard not to celebrate Mm. those wins right and you look at to your family and your partner and whoever it is but when you share the business with someone someone's always going to be backing you and you can Mm. you can have that you can jump up and down together experience yeah and and 
And I, I don't have that as often as others would, and that's okay. And I'm happy with that, and I love that. So to share a win with you guys, that'd be fun and cool. So I've got a few wins of late that have happened this year. So last week I had the biggest drop I've ever had for Sage, which is incredible. Wow. Sold out in five minutes of the largest quantity I've ever ordered. Yeah. Wow. So it was incredible. Did you anticipate that? I anticipated a lot of people to buy, but I I thought I had planned enough with the quantity. Like I was not right. prepared for that many people to buy the product, which is incredible. So that was great a great problem to have. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was a good win. Um, but another one would be that Sage was actually in a uh, PayPal Melbourne Fashion Week show this wow. year. Yeah, it was a global Victoria where it was just Victorian brands in the show. And it was it was incredible. how exciting. Yeah, was that, was that in Melbourne? Yeah, it was in Melbourne. It was a luncheon and runway they were wearing sage bags how did that work did someone reach out to you yeah so a friend of mine who i kind of know um she just reached out she works for a pr agency and they all had to pitch some brands that they wanted to bring to the runway and she had seen sage oh, through me and she was so like oh, women well supporting women i know in yeah. yeah yeah it was incredible and it was so funny because she messaged me on instagram she was like hey like are you free anytime to catch up and go on a call for like um PPMFF. And I'm like, hey, of course, but like, what, what is this is stand for? <laughs> like, I'm so confused. And she was like, oh, the PayPal Melbourne Fashion Week. And I was like, oh, oh my God. I was like, oh my God, what? And she told me about it. And when she, we were on the phone, she was explaining, like, I don't know how much quality, uh, quantity you have. I don't know how many products you have to gift. And I'm like, okay, so I'm assuming I'm setting up like a stall and I'm going to be. And she's like, no, you're going to be on a runway. And I was like, oh, oh my God. I was like, oh my God, really? How do you That's choose like, like what bags go mm, on so the runway? What happened then is they hired a stylist. And I sent the sage look look to the stylist, and then she picks the bags that she wants. Cool, yeah. Oh, she that's styles amazing. them. Amazing. That was really cool. So they've they've been some of the biggest wins, and yeah, it's nice to share them yeah. sometimes outside. Yeah, totally. I would. And finally, Priya, what is one question you wish we'd asked you, and how would you have answered it? That's a good one. I feel as though one question, or that I feel as though I haven't spoken about as much, would be the packaging of sage mm. like how you came up with the how packaging. i came up with it and i love the packaging. there's actually like a marketing strategy behind Ooh, okay. the packaging in the sense that like the whole meaning behind sage is to be more than just the bag mm. so picnics but also think of when you're receiving the product right it's about the whole experience wow, i hadn't considered that yeah and taking taking the customer through the journey of opening like ripping open the bag and then you have the iconic sage black box which has the sage writing in a like glossy print, which is embossed in. And then you have our silk bag. So that inside its own personalized black box. And then also the bag inside. Yeah, the bag is like a silk kind of like... What would you it's call a, that bag? It's like a silk satin yeah. kind of bag. Yeah. It is kind of a sage. It could be, yes, like, it could it be is. like the perfect sack. Like you can actually like fit so much in there. 100%. Yeah. 100%. And so there was a whole purpose behind making it a whole experience. And I wanted it to, it to be that you are buying more than just the bag. Mm-hmm. And that you are going through the whole experience. Whether it's from buying it online to then receiving the product. Having a box that you can keep. Yeah, I having didn't want to get rid of that Yeah, box. having a silk bag that you can then use for other things. And then also then the follow through would be the DMs and us chatting and all of that. Mm. So it's all about the process. Yeah. And it's all about feeling that it's way more than just the back. Mm. So Priya, we've absolutely loved chatting to you and hearing more about Sage. I feel like we kind of connected a little bit online, but we didn't know this much about your story. And it's been so lovely to get you on the podcast to chat to us. So thank you. Um, And I wanted to ask, where can listeners find you online? 
Yeah, so thank you firstly for having me. It's been such a beautiful opportunity for share, to share my story. And yeah, I'm very grateful for it. So thank you. Um, everyone can find me on Instagram at sage.avenue and TikTok is sage.avenue as well. And that's where you can find me. Amazing. Well, again, thank you Please. so much for coming onto the podcast. And yeah, we'll chat to you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 You have been listening to a Clever Media production. Clever Media acknowledges the traditional owners of the land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. We pay our deepest respects to elders past, present and emerging. Liked this episode? Let us know about it. And don't worry, we have plenty more. So hit that subscribe button and listen wherever you get your podcasts. But want to take it that little bit further from your ears to your eyes? Then go find us as Clever Women Co. on TikTok and Instagram for that extra clever content we know you'll love. Catch you next time. Thank you.